Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 27 of the 2022 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft just a couple of days away, Thursday, April 28th, Las Vegas, Nevada. The Strip will be draft central end of April. It's an exciting time of year. And uh, I've been trying to put together six podcasts in six days, had some technical difficulties, but we were able to get all six podcasts together before the start of the NFL draft. And, and these six podcasts that were supposed to be done in six days really took a look at each of the positions and where I thought they were coming off the board. First three podcasts dealt with the offensive side of the football. Podcast number four, edge rushers, defensive linemen. We talked about the linebackers in the last podcast. This podcast is all dedicated to the secondary. That's right, the back end of the defense, cornerbacks, uh, safeties. And then we're also going to take a look at the specialists as well. Yes, the kickers and punters. They're football players too. We will be talking about them as well because I think there are going to be a few guys that will be drafted in, in this year's draft class. So we've got a lot to cover, a lot of corners and safety. I think these are both really deep draft classes. So we've got a lot of ground to cover in a short period of time. So let's just jump right into things, shall we? So when you talk about the, the cornerback position, uh, you know, it's one of those things to where obviously last year we know J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan at the top of the, the draft, Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom, Eric Stokes. You know, some, some known commodities there. I, I thought that Greg Newsom really shot up draft boards uh, and then Eric Stokes obviously runs a really fast 40 time. His stock continued to rise. I had him as a second down, uh, second uh, round grade. Ultimately rises to the level of a first rounder. Uh, but you know there was a, it was a deep draft for corners last year as well, uh, from Tyson Campbell to to uh, Calvin Joseph, uh, Asante Samuel going to the Chargers there in uh, in round number two. Uh, you know round three, Paulson Adebo now is starting for. Uh, for the Saints, uh, you move a little bit further down. There's Elijah Molden going to the Titans. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of, again, a lot of uh, talent in this draft class. Mark Marco Wilson, what a find for the Cardinals, taken there in uh, at the end of round number four, and, and you saw the, the type of year that he had. You move back one one year before that, and, and obviously, you know, the 2020 draft. You know, mixed bag. I think, you know, you look, Jeff Okuda hasn't really lived up to the expectations there with the Lions. C.J. Henderson no longer on the Jags. A.J. Terrell, Falcons have found. He's definitely a keeper. Damon Arnett, not so much with the Raiders. Noah Igbenogany still developing with the Dolphins. Jeff Gladney, no longer with the Vikings. So, you know, kind of a rough draft uh, with the cornerback position, although Jalen Johnson there in round number two uh, looks solid there for the Bears. So when we talk about the corners, there's no guarantees really at any position, but, you know, seriously for, for the cornerbacks over the last couple of seasons. So hopefully we've got a draft class that is ready to break out, and I think we've got some guys that are going to be able to do that. And obviously, first and foremost, you have to talk about Ahmad Sauce Gardner. That's right. The sauce is going to be loose in New York. That's that's my prediction. He'll be somewhere in New York. Uh, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But when you look at Sauce Gardner, you know, just absolute tremendous length. I think that's the thing that you see first and foremost. 6'3", 190 pounds. Uh, you know, 33 and a half inch arms as well. Man, a 4'4", 140 at the combine. Instincts off the chart. Plays well in both press man and zone. Dominated his competition while in Cincinnati. Nine interceptions, 16 pass breakups, 
didn't surrender a single touchdown in three seasons with the Bearcats. This is a guy, you know, he's he brings savviness to the position as well. You know, there were a couple of times where receivers had these, these in-breaking routes coming across the middle and uh, to utilize the, the jersey tug just a little bit. Very subtle with the tug, but just enough to allow him to gain ground and be able to get a hand in to break the pass up. You know, a guy who's always looking to either undercut a route, whether it's in trail technique, bell technique, it doesn't matter. He loves to jam you, get his hands on you, reroute you at the line of scrimmage. He's not going to fall for those double moves. Very, very sticky corner. And uh, when you look at Ahmad Sauce Gardner, uh, you know, some people were talking about him with the Lions. I think that franchise, a little gun shy after the, the whole Jeff Okuda experience, considering, you know, Okuda has yet to live up to those expectations. So I don't see him going to Detroit. Uh, you know, that was with Aiden Hutchinson going to, to Jacksonville. Now that he's going to, to Detroit, more than likely, then I think that throws things out the window altogether. Houston definitely has a need there at that, that cornerback position. You know, and that's where Okuda was drafted a couple of years ago there to the Lions. Uh, Houston, though, I think offensive line, I think pass rush before they look for a corner. You can get corners on day two, and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. After that, obviously the Jets could target a corner as well. You know, they brought in DJ Reed to kind of temper that just a little bit. So I think at four, the Jets can go either offensive line or a pass rusher. I ultimately think his home is going to be with the New York football giants, as, as Chris Berman loves to call them. I don't think it'll be at five, though. I think that's where they're going to get their offensive linemen. Um, you know, they, there's a, they supposedly love Charles Cross, but I, I think if Brian Dable, who has the ties to Bama, having been their offensive coordinator in 2017, I think if he has his way with it, he'll probably end up you know wanting to target Evan Neal if he's there on the board. Uh, so I think the Giants, though, at number seven, makes a lot of sense. Uh, it sounds like James Bradbury is, is likely going to be gone. Adoree Jackson is not a number one corner. So uh, you know they're able to go ahead and replace Bradbury ultimately with Ahmad Gardner. Number two on the list, hey, you, you got to put Derek Stingley somewhere. How about you put him number two on your list? Six foot, 190 pounds out of LSU. And this is a guy, look, when you put on the tape of that 2019 true freshman season, you're going to watch a guy that's some of the best tape I, I think you can find out of a cornerback, especially as a freshman. Um, you know, and he, he finished the season six interceptions, 15 pass breakups. A guy who was just sticky, 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 uh, able to drive on the football, get his hand in, uh, attack the ball at the you know at, at the catch point. Very smothering uh, of his receiver on the outside. Very instinctive in off coverage, driving on the ball. No wasted movement to undercut the route to make a play. But those injuries cut short each of the next two seasons. His play was inconsistent when he did step onto the field. Uh, you know, ultimately, he you know there were questions: Is he going to return to form? Is it going to be the same Derek Stingley? You know, you worry about those injuries a little bit. He showed at LSU's pro day that that list Frank injury is in the past. Ran a four three seven forty, looked very fluid, looked like he could be a dynamic corner with the explosiveness out there. Um, you know, you worry about a little bit about complacency, right? Because he was going up against Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. He knows how to perform against top wideouts. But then, you know, the next couple of seasons, he's sitting there, he's, he's injured, and did he lose focus? You know, it, you wonder about that, but I, I think when you look at him, you look at the family unit that he has around him, you know, this is a good kid. Um, you know, he, he wants to, to live on that, that legacy. You know, Daryl Stingley, um, obviously, you know, NFL roots run deep with the family. I think this is a good kid. I think, you know, Pete Carroll is also looking to resurrect the Legion of Boom. 
they need to get corners on the outside. They lost DJ Reed, so that even heightens that need just a little bit. And so I think that'd be a perfect fit. Plus, look, Pete, Pete Carroll, he's going to look past any of those um, you know, complacency issues or what have you, as long as this is a kid that's going to be able to go in there and work right away, and I think he'll be able to do that. So after my top two, number three on my list is Trent McDuffie out of Washington. 5'11", 193 pounds. This is a guy, if he had been a couple of inches taller, we'd be talking about him as a potential top 10 pick. That said, I've got him number going, going number 14 overall to the Baltimore Ravens. And here's the thing with McDuffie. Yes, he doesn't have the ideal size or length. Could cause some problems, especially in trail technique. But look, he's an aggressive corner, loves to get physical. I think he'll fit well in a press man, loves to get his hands on the receiver early. Decent job rerouting off the line. And then from there, the fluidity in the hips, turns and runs with the receiver, has those change of direction skills to easily mirror his man down the field. Good job reading the quarterback in zone coverage, trusts his eyes, takes the proper angle to the football. Very physical at the catch point, always looking to play, make a play on the football. And uh, what really has to get the, the defensive coordinators excited is that tenacity in the running game. Always looking to come downhill and not just wrap up the football, but deliver a punishing blow in the process. This is a dude who's going to run the alley. He'll do a lot of the little things. And I look at Baltimore. Look, if you want to get by uh, these top teams in the AFC, you're going to have to have a stable of corners. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. We haven't even mentioned Joe Burrow yet. You know, and the list goes on and on. Let's add Russell Wilson to the mix as well. A lot of dynamic quarterbacks in the AFC. And you have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. That's a good start. Jimmy Smith is a free agent. So put in Trent McDuffie. Let him handle the slot. You've got your, your group there of corners. I, I think that's really a, a great start there in the secondary for the Baltimore Ravens. So then number four on my list and look I, I think there's a chance that there could be five to six corners taken off the board in round number one i actually have four mocked in my first round uh i'm looking at you know andrew booth jr as, as my number four corner and when i look at this I, I think he could come off the board to the bills they need to replace levi wallace i think the the buccaneers at 27 could potentially be a landing spot as well you know jamel dean kind of had that up and down career so far with with tampa if they're ultimately looking to move on there or have somebody at least challenged for that starting spot, then Booth could potentially be in play there as well. I've actually got him going number 29 overall to KC. Almost had a safety here, uh, but I think Juan Thornhill and uh, Justin Reed along with, with Dion Bush, I think you're set there at safety. Uh, I think they'll still draft a safety probably on day two. They've got a, a bevy of picks, so I, I think there's a chance that we will see a safety at some point. But corner... Look, Shavarius Ward left in free agency. That leaves Rashad Fenton teaming with uh, Legereus Sneed. Then there's DeAndre Baker, returned from that broken femur, played in eight games, started one. Uh, but they could really use another corner to push Baker. I think that, that Booth is he, – he, he looks like a receiver out there You know when he's attacking the football in the air. The body control, acrobatic catches, you know, full extension over his head. You know, I, I think he's at his best in off coverage, which is going to allow him to to track the ball, has that burst to close, and, and make a play on the football. Um, so KC feels like a good match there at 29 or 30. Take your pick. You know, they get two picks there in round one. I actually have him going number 29 overall, though. Uh, so you move on to, to round number two, and I mentioned that there are some other corners that I also like. And I, I look at, at Kair Elam out of Florida, and this is a guy, 6'1", 191 pounds, out of Florida, very intelligent player, um, has really good length. He's kind of the forgotten corner, though. 
you know, nobody's really talking about Kair uh, Elam, and uh, he just he had another you know quietly solid season for the Florida Gators. But when we talk about Kair Elam, you know, I, I think showed off long speed. I think that's one of the things that people were worried about. Um, but he ran that 4.3940 at his pro day. Uh, you know, explosiveness further on display with that 37-inch vertical leap as well. This is a guy of the length, athleticism, ball skills, very patient at the line of scrimmage when looking to jam, uh, definitely reroute receivers. You see that he does get in trouble when trying to mirror defenders at times. Will get beaten deep by some of the elite wide receivers in the SEC, which led to some holding calls that needs to be cleaned up. That might be why he might slide out of round number one. I think he's at really at his best in off coverage. Allows him to take advantage of that quick burst and the length to drive on the ball and get a hand in and make a play on the football. Has very few missteps when the receiver's coming out of his break. Doesn't tend to fall for the fakes. Uh, a good receiver is going to try to throw out there as well. Can get on top of the vertical route. Does a good job squeezing his man to the sideline. Uh, I, I really like you know Elam. I think if he can clean up some of his te- technique that has gotten himself in trouble, um, especially giving too much space to his man. If he can clean some of that up, then I think you really have a guy that's going to show off those ball skills at the next level, have five interceptions, 20 pass breakups in his career with the Gators. And, and when I'm looking at Elam, if he doesn't go to Cincinnati at, at number 31 overall, because I think Cincinnati is in desperate need uh, of corners. We saw that in the Super Bowl. Um, I've got him going to the Jets. I mentioned that the Jets were going to need another corner. Uh, they've got a young group of guys. Uh, you know, DJ Reed's come over. Uh, but I think they still need a true number one, and Kyrie Elam has the potential to be that. So I think at number 35 overall makes a lot of sense there for the Jets. Uh, Minnesota sitting there at 46. Now, if they don't end up going with the corner, they're at 12, and there's a chance Derek Stingley could fall. And uh, if that happens, then I would expect minnesota to jump at the chance to get stingley um you know look uh, stingley's defensive coordinator at lsu Durante jones is now the db coach there with, with kevin o'connell in minnesota so if there's anybody who knows Derek stingley it's going to be Durante jones so if they don't go corner if you know stingley isn't there they decide not to go with with mcduffie then I think ultimately the Vikings have to target a corner in round two. Yes, you've got Patrick Peterson coming back, uh, but it is only a, 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 I believe, a one-year deal. And uh, you know, you've got Cam Dantzler, who I think is going to start. I think that's you know why you kind of temper the, the need there just a little bit. Um, but still, when, when you look at, at Minnesota, they're in desperate need of a of a corner. And with this, I, I think what you're going to see is uh, Kyler Gordon. They're out of Washington, and Kyler Gordon's one of those those corners that has a good chance to be a first rounder. 5'11", 194 pounds, out of Washington. Uh, and look, you know he and when you think about it, he and McDuffie, same same backfield, defensive backfield. Then you had Elijah Molden there uh, as well. So you you want to talk about a trio that was getting the job done. And um, you know when you look at Gordon, this is a guy. Look, you know, can jump out of the building, 42 and a half inch vertical leap. So a guy that plays bigger than his size, much like McDuffie does. And look, I mentioned, didn't mention McDuffie, you know, ran a 4-4, 440, 41 and a half inch vertical leap as well. Um, absolutely ridiculous athleticism. And, uh, you know, Kyler Gordon is another guy who knows how to get after the football. His tape isn't quite as clean as, as his teammate there with the Huskies, but uh, definitely a guy who knows how to get after the football, likes to get physical as well. And, uh, you know, a, a guy that I think, could sneak into that first round range 
you know, but you know, he finally got his first interceptions in, in 2021. Had two of them, had seven pass breakups uh, there in his final season with the Huskies. But looking at number two, or I mean the second round, Vikings 46 overall makes a ton of sense. At number 54, Patriots, Roger McCreary out of Auburn. 5'11", 190 pounds. Now McCreary is a guy, I, I think it's it's really the, the lack of length and uh, you know the speed that didn't really show up either. Uh, really had people scratching their heads. But when you're talking about 28 and 7 eighths inch arms, that, that's really scary for a guy who's 5'11". And then, uh, you know, ran a 4'5", 40, which was you know, it's good but not great. Uh, when you think about it, especially on the outside, this is a guy that isn't going to, you know, even in trail technique, you know, you're trying to reach for that, that football, trying to undercut it to uh, to make a play on the football. Those, those shorter arms, that's really what's going to be a huge concern. But that said, McCreary can be very, you know, he can, I, I use the word sticky, but this is a guy who, who mirrors his man very well. Um, and, and production, he's one of the guys there at, at Auburn that definitely turned heads, right? Six interceptions in his career, 30 total pass breakups, so including 14 this past season. So he was incredibly productive for the Tigers. You just wonder if it's going to translate to the next level because he's going to have to go up against receivers who know how to take advantage of a corner who's lacking some length. So that's why you know I think McCreary is another guy that could uh, could have come off the board in round one. I think that lack of length really is a concern. That's why he falls to round number two. Kobe Bryant, not the late great Laker legend. But C-O-B-Y, Kobe Bryant, there out of Cincinnati. 6'1", 193 pounds. Look, Cincinnati had probably the best pair of corners uh, in the in the FBS. I mean, obviously, Kyler, uh, Kyler Gordon and uh, Trent McDuffie also have a, an argument to that. Um, but when you look at Kobe Bryant, I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills. And again, Buffalo Bills have a very deep roster. But what they do need is another corner. And I think this is a, a perfect spot for Kobe. Uh, not the fastest guy in the world. Uh, you know, he, he has good size, but when you look at it, 4-5-4-40, not overly explosive. But look, you're playing opposite uh, Sauce Gardner. He did see a lot of passes coming his way, at least initially. And then teams finally decided they were just going to throw at the nickel Arquan Bush uh, all day long because they just didn't want to deal with either of these guys. Uh, but Kobe Bryant, look. Nine interceptions in his career, 35 pass breakups, four forced fumbles as well. A guy who also racked up 170 tackles in his career with the Bearcats. Knows for the football, attacks the ball in the air. Another guy that can get physical with you. He's decent in off coverage as well. Um, and so Patriots feel like they, you know, he could be a fit there at 54 if they don't go Roger McCreary. But uh, again, Buffalo, they need to replace uh, Levi uh, Wallace. And... You know, you look at that, that cornerback group, you pair him with Tredavious White, allow, you know, uh, Taron Johnson to be your nickel and then Dane Jackson to be that third corner um, on the outside. I think you really are starting to solidify that group, give you a lot of length there on the outside. So there's a lot to like there with, with Kobe Bryant as well. So that takes care of round number two with the cornerback position. And we're then going to go ahead and move on to round number three. And, and in round three, th this is another... <laughs> You know, it's crazy when you look at the the depth of this draft class because now we're talking about Martin Emerson, MJ Emerson, big dude, 6'2", 201, and uh, tremendous length. 
Uh, I think that's one of the things that you definitely see. Ran a 4.5340, not overly uh, explosive, but look, 33 and a half inch arms. He's got these giant hands too, 10 and, and an eighth inch arm uh, hands. So, you know, a guy that's definitely looking to try to get his hand in and make a play on the football. Um, you know, look, you want to have some of those bigger corners on the outside. Uh, dealing with with some of your bigger receivers, I know that the game's also going with a lot of the, the speed merchants, and so these guys, these bigger corners, you're going to have to adapt to the game. Uh, but what I do love about this guy is is the tenacity, uh, the physicality. Look, he had 72 tackles in in 2020 as a sophomore to go along with 11 pass breakups. Team started figuring him out and tried to throw away from him there in his junior season. But uh, look, Mississippi State Bulldog. Uh, definitely a guy that I think is going to come off the board. Top of round number three. If he doesn't go round two, I think there's a chance that he could. Uh, but I'm looking at the Houston Texans. And again, I mentioned it earlier. Houston Texans absolutely are going to need a corner. They brought in Desmond King. Terrence Mitchell is gone. Uh, you've got Jimmy Moreland on the roster. But it's just that, that position is so... Uh, they're just lacking ball players. I still look at it, and I still think that Houston, ha there's a chance that Ahmad Gardner could be the guy here, but I'm also looking at that pass rush, and man, you know, if, if somehow, some way, uh, Trevon Walker falls to them, they're going to jump to him. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be in play as well, but look, protecting the quarterback at all costs. You've got Laramie Tunsil on the roster. Does he come back from the thumb injury? You know, I getting down the, the rabbit hole here talking about Houston we're really talking about the corners and safeties but I, I think at the end of the day Texans need to protect their quarterback they need to uh, also address the pass rush and then go ahead and get your corner here on on day number two I think that still makes a lot of sense for Houston uh, but again keep an eye out for Ahmad Gardner going number three overall to Houston it, there's definitely a good chance that that could happen so then we move down the list from from here uh, and I think later on into round number three, you're going to see more corners come off the board. I mentioned Tampa needing another corner. I'm looking at Cam Taylor Britt, 5'11", 196 pounds. This is a guy who I, I think is, is another instinctive corner, uh, was a leader there in the secondary for the, the Cornhusters. And, uh, you know, I, I look at his game and I think it's going to translate well to the next level. Um, I, I think he's a guy that, that for uh, Tampa – could come in right away, compete with Jamel Dean and uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, get it on the field as early as possible. Five interceptions and 22 pass breakups in his career, including 11 this past season. What I also love is the 10 tackles for loss, a guy that isn't afraid to come downhill, play behind the line of scrimmage, have four forced fumbles as a sophomore there at Nebraska as well. Um, so I really like him going to Tampa. San Francisco. Yes, San Francisco is going to also need uh, need to address the cornerback position. I believe, um, you know, it's one of those things. You, you've got Emmanuel Mosley, you've got Javarius Ward. Uh, there's Ambry Thomas, you know, who was picked up in last year's draft, uh, but you know they lose. You know, K1 Williams. There's Jason Verrett, Josh Norman, Dante Johnson. There are a lot of corners that were on the roster that simply just aren't going to be there. I think you need a guy that's going to be able to come in here and compete for a starting spot sooner rather than later. And I actually have him going with Tariq Woolen. Uh, you know, 6'4", 205 out of UTSA. This is a converted wide receiver, uh, but a lot of length, and the dude has incredible speed 
Um, it's that 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 long speed, that track speed. You know, as a as a receiver getting down the field, I think he's going to bring that that receiver mentality to the position. Dude ran a 4.2640 at 6.4205, and then the 42-inch vertical leap, and then he has over you know 33-inch you know, inch arms, 33 and 58 inches. This dude's got length for days. He feels like a Pete Carroll guy if he wanted to get back to the Legion of Boom. I think San Francisco. Look, you're going to have to see the Matthew Stafford and company, Kyler Murray, multiple times. And so I think getting a guy with a lot of length is going to, especially a guy that can run as fast as he does, is going to be to your advantage. I'm looking at 101 overall, Philadelphia Eagles. They get the pick from New Orleans. And I'm looking at Damari Mathis out of Pittsburgh. 5'11", 195 pounds, uh, you know, shows up to the combine. You know, looked pretty smooth, if you ask me. Ran a 4 3 9 40. Uh, you know, veteran leader there uh, at Pitt. Um, a guy who I think could play on the outside or in the slot. Um, five interceptions, 18 pass breakups in his career. Uh, you know, a guy, look, teams are going to be looking for speed. And, uh, you know, when the Eagles, there's a chance that if Trent McDuffie is there in round number one, they're going to target a corner. Um, if not, then look, they can wait until day number two and get a guy with speed like Damari Mathis who can come in there and, and look, you know, Steven, Steven Nelson's gone. Uh, so Darius Slay needs a guy to, to pair with. They've got Avante Maddox on the roster, but I think Avante Maddox really should be more of a nickel. Uh, move him inside and really you know, take over the slot, if you will, really. And uh, I think Damari Mathis... Look, he's a local guy there out of Pittsburgh. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense there towards the end of round number three. And then at the end of round three, I actually have the San Francisco 49ers shoring things up in that, that secondary, going once again with a corner and, and Marcus Jones. Uh, Marcus Jones out of, out of Houston. This was a guy who uh, had tremendous uh, production out of both Troy and Houston. Uh, nine interceptions in his career. 31 pass breakups. Uh, you know, he was productive there at Troy. Ends up showing up at Houston and chose a really good year to, to have his best. And that was a senior season there with the Cougars. That's where he had five interceptions, 13 pass breakups. And look, there, there may not be a more spectacular kick returner than Marcus Jones. Six touchdowns on kicks, three punt returns for touchdowns. So that's a total of nine kicks that he's returned for touchdown uh, which is absolutely just staggering when you think about it this is a dude who's going to be able to uh, he's a threat to go the distance anytime he, he catches a punt or a kick and I know that the game is kind of moving away from punts and kicks but look until they until they do end up banning kickoffs or, or punts you're going to have to make sure that you have a guy who can return both and I think that's why Marcus Jones's value puts him into round number two when you look at the kick returners, they need guys on the back end there. They've got Ray Ray McLeod. They've got uh, Michael Hasty, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Jawan Jennings are guys that could potentially be return men. But I think this is the guy that's ultimately going to come in and, and take that over. And um, he'll, you know, look, you want your return man to be able to be productive. You look at the Rams, Brandon Powell, really only a factor in the return game. Marcus Jones is going to be able to add you know, even more to that. And so that's obviously why he's, he's getting drafted in round number three. Uh, 
moving on to round number four. We're finally getting into day three, and this is where you really have to start hunting for those those corners, right? And uh, the first one is going to be Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State. 6'3", 195 pounds. Seattle, I, I think Seattle is going to double up at the cornerback position. I really do. And uh, this is a guy who, I mentioned the size, he's 6'3", and uh, we know how, how Pete Carroll loves those corners. He's got Trey Brown, Sidney Jones, Artie Burns was brought in as well. This is a team, though, that frankly needs depth at that cornerback position. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Seattle double up at the position. And uh, look, Joshua Williams showed that he belongs. You know, 4 5 3, 40 at the combine, 36 inch vertical leap, you know, decent length to him as well, has really good ball skills. I think that's one of the things that definitely jumps out to you when you watch some of his tape. Uh, so I, I really like him coming off the board at the top of round number four, 109 overall to Seattle. Um, Tarek Castro Fields. Looking at Washington there, uh, 113 overall, 6'1, 197 pounds. Uh, with Tarek Castro Fields, this is a, a very intelligent player. Uh, look, you're going to get players at that set, you know, in the secondary for, for Penn State. I think that's one of the things that you can definitely count on. Um, you know, I think about Amari Oruwarie, a guy who you know, wasn't expected to be. Uh, you know, a breakout star, but he actually plays very well there for the Lions. Uh, and look, Batara Castro Fields, three interceptions, 25 pass breakups, definitely a nose for the football. Needs to watch, you know, some of that grabbiness. Uh, could definitely get himself into trouble there. But I, I think in, in round number four, Washington, look, the commanders are going to need a corner at some point. They've got Will Jackson the third. There's Kendall Fuller as well. Could they go Derek Stingley there at number 11 if he falls to him? Absolutely. I think there's definitely a good chance that we could see that. And, uh, you know, if you're talking commanders, secondary play, um, you know, look, they gave up the most passing touchdowns, fourth most passing yards a season ago. Uh, I, I think this is definitely a spot that they could target a corner in, in round one. If not, then obviously you can wait until round number four, still get some really solid players. Tarek Castro Fields is the guy that I think could definitely contend for a, a starting spot down the road. Cincinnati mentioned that they, they need a corner. Good Lord. Uh, what happened in, in the Super Bowl? You know, you knew that Cooper Cup was the guy and you had to target him and nobody could shut him down. Chidobi Wuzie needs help in that secondary. Uh, Eli Apple was brought back, but he needs someone to really push him. I'm looking at Mario Goodrich out of Clemson, six foot, 176 pounds. Um, you know, look, you know, when you talk about Clemson corners, I think Goodrich is, uh, he, he was kind of the forgotten man. Everyone talking about Andrew Booth, but Mario Goodrich was, was pretty solid in his own right, uh, opposite him. Decent length, you know, a, a guy that uh, isn't as flashy as Booth, but a guy that's just going to get the job done. Runs a 4.5, 240. Um, you know, I think he's probably best in off coverage, being able to drive on the football. Um, so that takes care of round number four at the cornerback position. And uh, we move into round number five. And again, you're really starting to look for some of these corners that the kind of those diamonds in the rough and lo and behold we find Jacoby Durant South Carolina State HBCU College 5'10 180 pounds and, and this dude is is an absolute gamer this is a guy that you know is is going to go out there and and deliver uh three interceptions 12 pass breakups this past season ran a 4-3-8-40 and uh when I'm looking at him in round number five I've got him targeted going to the Bears 
And I think the Bears are going to come out of this draft with, with a corner. They, they've got you know Jalen Johnson. They've got Kendall Vildor. They've got Duke Shelley. Um, you know, they, they obviously they lost Artie Burns. I think they need to get some corners there to help out Jalen Johnson. I think this is a, a guy that could come in there and be able to do just that. Indianapolis Colts, yeah, they're going to be on the market for a corner, I think. Uh, when you look at them, they, they traded away uh, Rocky Sin, and uh, when that happened, that obviously opened up a hole. You know, granted, you, you're bringing in Yannick Ngakwe, that's going to help you with your pass rush, but uh, you know, you have Brandon Faison, uh, Kenny Moore, uh, you lose Xavier Rose and, and TJ Carey. I think you're going to need to get a, you know, some additional help there at the cornerback position. There's a chance that they could go after a corner target one before the end of round number five. But I'm looking at Josh Thompson out of Texas. Decent length, six foot, 194 pounds. This is a guy who played a lot of football there in the Big 12. They like to throw the football all over the field. Uh, ran a 4-4-40 at the Combine. Uh, just not enough time on the field, I, I think, with, with Josh Thompson. That's really the biggest thing that I that I can take away with him. But there's a lot to like when you watch him on film. I think there, there's some fluidity to his hips, a guy that I think can, can really stick to his receiver down the football field. You really just have to make sure that this kid can stay on the field. Played in only five games as a freshman, uh, three as a, as a junior in 2019, and then just nine in 2021. So obviously there are concerns. If you can stay healthy, I think Josh Thompson is going to definitely have a home. That's why I think he ends up falling to round number five. He could potentially fall even lower than that. You know, that that's definitely a concern. Um, you know, the, the, the medical red flags. But, uh, you know, from an athletic standpoint and the talent standpoint, I, I think round number five, end of round five, makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, he's a guy that, that can help really solidify the unit there in Indy. He moved to round number six, and uh, the Detroit Lions, I think the Lions are going to target a corner. Um, you know, Obviously, I, I talked about Jeff Okuda. They're going to need him to really step up. You've got Am Amani Aruwarie there, um, yeah, but then there's Ifatu Melifonwu. Um, you know, they've got another, you know, some other guys there at the position, whether it's Jerry Jacobs, Mark Gilbert, you know, waiting for guys to, to step up there at the position. Get another guy in there that's going to be able to challenge for uh, for playing time. And I'm looking at Jalen Watson out of Washington State. 6'2", 197 pounds. This is a guy who could potentially move to safety at some point, and I think there's definitely a need there for the Lions at safety uh, as well. Um, but this is a guy, look, again, the length, that you love that, the ball skills, uh, ran a 4-5-2-40 at the Combine. But look, uh, you know, two interceptions, three pass breakups, four forced fumbles in 2021. Uh, was the leader of the Washington Cougar defense, a guy that really had a nose for the football. Uh, I, I like him in round six, you know, uh, really a cornerback with length, uh, but a guy who could also potentially kick, in, uh, you know, kick to the back end and play safety as well. We haven't talked about Darion Kendrick yet. Six foot, 194 pounds. Dude ran a, I think a 4.7540 at uh, Georgia's Pro Day. Uh, not going to really turn heads at all with that. Uh, six foot, 194 pounds, as I mentioned. Um, this was a guy, as you, remember, you may recall, started his career there at Clemson, ended up getting kicked off the team, wound up at Georgia, uh, ends up winning a national title. Uh, you worry about the athleticism and the ball skills. This is a guy that I thought was beaten deep time and time again there uh, with the Bulldogs. But the, there are some traits that you that you have to like. You, you got to like the ball skills. Uh, seven interceptions, including four this past season. Fourteen pass breakups as well. Um, but 
there are concerns about the athleticism. I think the Chargers do need a corner, and I think Kendrick is probably worth the risk in round number six. Um, you know, you look at J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Michael Davis on the roster, you know, Chris Harris. You know, what what's really happening there? That's really you know something that needs to be figured out. But I think they need to add an additional corner. And if the Chargers can really get out that, you know, have him live up to that potential when he started his career there at Clemson, then I think they may have something. Um, you know, he's a guy that look could end up falling all the way to round number seven, even possibly even not get drafted. You worry about, obviously, the off-field issues. You worry about whether or not this is a guy that's really putting everything together at the right time. You know, why is he running such a slow 40 time? Is he really putting in the work? Um, so he's a guy that's really, you know, there, there, there is some concern there. So the Chargers, look, you know, I think Michael Wright out of Oregon is another guy that they could end up targeting as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Darion Kendrick, though. I mentioned Michael Wright because I have him Coming off the board, just a couple of picks later, number 198 overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 5'10", 173 pounds, the junior there uh, with the Oregon Ducks. And what I love about Michael Wright, you know, very instinctive, a guy that's going to sit there and look to bait the quarterback into making a, you know, a, a throw where it looks like the receiver is open, and then all of a sudden Wright ends up making a uh, you know, break on the football and, and breaks it up. Just two interceptions in his career, but 17 pass breakups. He was the the, the leader of that secondary along with Verone McKinley the third, and uh, you know, a, a guy like I said, you know, he's not the biggest guy by any means, but he's definitely a very savvy corner and, and a guy that you know looks to to drive on the football, make a play. That four five seven forty is 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 concerning, but I think it's going to be good value towards the end of day three here uh, if either the Chargers or the Jacksonville Jaguars decide to take Michael Wright. Buffalo Bills, I mentioned that they'd take one corner. I think they may actually double up on the position, I think just to add some depth and really shore things up there. Uh, I'm looking at Kalon Barnes out of Baylor, 5'11", 183 pounds. This was a guy, look, one of the, the faster guys there at the combine, runs that 4'2", 340, really turns some heads um, you know, with, with the speed, and I think the speed alone is going to get Barnes drafted. Um, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I think, you know, the, the speed, speed talks. He doesn't have a whole lot of length, even though he's six foot, he's got some pretty short arms, uh, which is going to be a concern. Just three interceptions, 14 pass breakups in his career. Um, but look, when you're running a 4-2-3, you know, you add some of that speed there to that, to the secondary with the Bills. And look, there's a lot of stuff that you can teach. You can't teach speed. You can't teach that legitimate speed like that. Bills already got one corner earlier in the draft in round number two. I think they can get another guy later on in the draft. Look, the speed that, you know, speed kills on the offensive side. If you're able to go ahead and duplicate that on the defensive side, then absolutely you're going to go ahead and try to target that. Uh, getting to round number seven, Appalachian State's Sean Jolly. 5'9", 175 pounds. This dude is an absolute gamer. You know, you're going to see a guy that's going to come out there. Yes, he'll get beat deep sometimes, especially with some of the bigger receivers. Uh, you know, will struggle with some of the physicality there. But look, you know, five interceptions in 2019, 18 total pass breakups, six and a half tackles for loss. So he's, he does look to come up and uh, make plays behind the line of scrimmage as well in the running game. A dude that plays with, with a ton of effort, which you, you like to see. Uh, and I think that... that presence that he has just all you know, he's a guy that really looks to play hard and uh i'm looking at at 
Pittsburgh. And I know that they've got a crowded uh, defensive backfield. They've got Levi Wallace. Uh, they've got Akella Witherspoon. Arthur Mullet was not re-signed. You've got uh, Cameron Sutton as well. You know, a lot of guys there at that cornerback position, but I think this is a guy that can come in here and, uh, and compete there in round number seven. I think, you know, if I'm looking at Pittsburgh, I think they could go with a quarterback in round one, receiver, safety, outside linebacker, potentially go inside as well, address the offensive line, and uh, still be able to go ahead and get a corner here in round number seven. Uh, Green Bay, at 228 overall, I think ultimately Green Bay is going to end up getting a corner at some point. Green Bay is another team that has a ton of picks, so you know why not have them target a corner, especially when you're looking at Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan uh, as free agents. You've got obviously Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander, uh, one of the best duos. Rasul Douglas stepped up big down the stretch for the Packers as well. But I, I think adding another piece to that, and you're looking at Jack Jones there out of Arizona State, formerly of the USC Trojans. This was the guy, if you'll recall, uh, showed up there at USC and declared himself the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, obviously, he had some off-field issues there at USC. What I thought was really uh, the biggest disappointment there at, at SC was he got lost a, a lot of times. This is a guy who was looking to make plays, four interceptions, seven pass breakups, uh, there in 2017 with the Trojans, but you know the eye discipline wasn't wasn't there. Uh, he'd get turned around way too easily. Would go for for a lot of the fakes. Uh, I think he cleaned that up a little bit since he he moved to to Arizona State. Um, finished with 10 10 interceptions, 26 pass breakups in his career. He's just a guy that has these mental lapses, and that's part of the thing that still makes me nervous with him. I think people probably have him in the fifth or sixth round, but. Uh, you know, look, I'm, I'm a Trojan alum, and there's a lot of, of games that I watched where he was just, he seemed lost. And, and again, he was only a true freshman. He has improved since then, but, you know, there, there's just, there are some concerns because you still see those mental lapses there at ASU. Uh, but I think the Packers, round number seven, look, he also has some returnability uh, to him as well. So I think, you know, Green Bay uh, towards the end of the draft, you know, that, that's pretty good value. Uh, Carolina at 242 overall. Looking at Cordell Flott, uh, you know, six foot, 175 pounds, out of LSU. And uh, Carolina, look, you know, they were talking about Carolina potentially wanting to target uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner at one point. And I went, wait a minute, what? You got Dante Jackson. You just drafted J.C. Horn number eight overall. You traded for C.J. Henderson. Yes, I know that's you know Stephon Gilmore, Rashawn Melvin. Uh, you know, A.J. Boye is not on the roster anymore. Uh, but you do have, you know, Keith Taylor, Troy Pride, a couple of younger guys, Stanley Thomas, uh, Oliver on the roster as well. Uh, but you've got three guys there at the top. I don't see them uh, looking to, to target a corner early on in the draft. I think ultimately if you are going to see them tar target a corner, it's going to be towards the end of the draft. And, and look, Cordell Flott is a guy that can play a lot of positions. He can play inside. He can play outside. Uh, you know, I think ultimately his home is going to be out there on the outside. And uh, you know, with Cordell Flott, you know, it doesn't have a ton of length, but like I said, he, he's a guy who, who's very savvy, um, intelligent player, and uh, taking him off the board there in round number seven. Now I've got Josh Job penciled in here at 247 overall to Miami, and I really don't know why I have Josh Job this low. Uh, 5'11", 182 pounds. I think Josh Job really should be a fourth rounder. I'm probably going to need to tweak this a little bit and move him up 
on my draft board. I'm looking at this right now and I'm shaking my head wondering why Josh Job is so far down on my list because you know, this is a guy I look, you know, he was a, a starter there, multi-year starter with, with Bama and uh, you know, very intelligent player um, on the outside there for the Crimson Tide and uh, a guy who I think has the potential to be a starter. Um, when you look at him, he, he's he's strong, long-armed. Um, I, I think ultimately what, I, what leaves a bad taste in my mouth is the disappointing senior season. You know, I think that's where he really struggled. Um, you know, the, the tight hips, that's going to be a concern. I think Josh Job could potentially be a starter, more than likely at the safety position. Um, you know, but I do think that round number four is probably the, the right value for him. I, I just having a hard time dealing with that senior season because I thought it really was a subpar year for him. Um, but I love the length. And I look at Miami. I, I think Miami in round number seven uh, is going to be looking for a cornerback. I think they will at some point. You've got Xavier uh, Howard, obviously. Byron Jones. There's Noah Igbenogany. Um, but I think just adding some depth pieces there at that in the secondary, you know, look, you're going to have to deal again with, with some top quarterbacks in the AFC and particularly there in the AFC East. You're going to have to deal with Josh Allen. Mac Jones has shown that, that he can produce. And then you've got Zach Wilson, who I think is really ready to make that a charge there at, uh, as a sophomore, if you will, in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I think Tampa, they're at 248 overall potentially target another corner. We've got Montaric Brown there out of Arkansas. Six foot, 196 pounds. A, a dude who had, I believe, seven interceptions this past year for the Razorbacks. And obviously the ball skills are something that you're really going to see jump off the film. Uh, knows how to attack the football in the air. It's actually five interceptions, I apologize. But definitely a dude that, that knows how to attack the football. Um, Jalen Arbor Davis, another Al Alabama corner a lot of length 6'1 197 pounds I mentioned the Bengals I, I, I could absolutely see the Bengals double it up at the cornerback position uh, Armour Davis three interceptions four pass breakups this past season for the Crimson Tide shows up runs a 4 3 9 40 at the combine despite being 6'1 just 30 and uh, 7 8 inch arms so it doesn't have a ton of length you know, I, I thought he was a guy that got exposed at times there for Bama um, potentially fifth, sixth round range, but I, I think I could easily see him falling to round number seven. I think Cincinnati Bengals could easily target him there. Uh, LA Chargers, I mentioned that they're going to need corners. I've got him taking one more here in round number seven at 255 overall. And how about Kyler McMichael? A guy that wasn't invited to the combine, but this is a guy who had you know veteran presence there for the Tar Heels. Um, and Another guy who has really good length. He's six foot, you know, at that 210 pounds, a guy that's very physical as well. Uh, the biggest problem for him is just keeping him on the field. You know, he's just played in 18 games over the last three seasons. Played in, in 2018 there at Clemson, last two seasons with, with Carolina. A guy that really wasn't tested a whole lot there with uh, the, the Tar Heels, but flashes the ability to be able to shut down uh, receivers, likes to jam receivers at, at the line of scrimmage. Again, a guy who I could see potentially safety in his future uh, because of his physicality. Um, and the Chargers, look, obviously they're set there with, with Derwin James and Nasir Adderley. Uh, Loie Gilman has been a, a special teams ace for them. But I think they could add another safety piece to, to that mix. And Kyler McMichael 
has the cover skills. I think he can convert to a, to a safety position, though, and uh, be a guy that uh, is going to be looking to hit some guys there at the next level. So those are my corners. And, uh, again, I think it's a deep corner draft. I think you can get guys in all three days, both, you know, at the beginning, middle, and end of each of the days. And that's something that uh, – yeah, teams have to be looking for because of the way that the game has changed this is really a passing league you're going to need corners out there and you can't just have two lockdown corners you're going to need it like i said before a whole stable of corners and you know luckily for for teams that are in desperate need of corners you're going to be able to find it here in the draft so that takes us to the safety position and um, I, I think ultimately what you're going to see is kyle hamilton and then everybody else right Kyle Hamilton, 6'4", 220 pounds, out of Notre Dame. And the junior look, he stepped on onto the campus there in South Bend and just an absolute monster, right? I mean, this is a guy, that they talk about him being kind of a unicorn because players like him don't come along very often. You know, an intelligent player for one, uh, but you can line him up wherever you need him, whether it's in the box, in the slot, as a center fielder. You can play him single high two high schemes. He could be the robber in the middle of the field. Um, some people are going to point to that 45940 at the combine. I think he ran even slower at uh, the Irish Pro Day, but the dude plays so much faster, uh, which speaks to the in- instincts and overall intelligence. So, yes, there's going to be concern about the, the long speed. You couple that with some in- inconsistency with, with the angles that he takes to the football. Could be problematic enough to push him out of the top 10, but at the same time, Dude's a heat-seeking missile against the run. Shows the ability to read read the play, drive downhill with no wasted movement. Has the length to quickly shift blocks and arrive at the football with bad intentions. Dude's going to blow you up. Much more controlled as a tackler. Does a great job wrapping up in space. Equally dangerous patrolling the middle of the field. Looking to make an impact whenever receivers come into his area. Um, often makes wideouts here footsteps when he's in the vicinity. Um, I think he's really at his best when he's over the top. Some people disagree. But uh, he seems to cover an insane amount of ground um, while taking the proper angle to make a play on the football. Uh, you know, put, put that on display against Florida State, lined up on the far hash, running back uh, Jean Corbin ran a wheel route up the sideline. This is the game that I, I know everybody points to with him, but still, look, you have to talk about it. Tracked the play, made it to the near hash when the ball was released, and then ultimately made it all the way to the sideline to haul in the pick before going out of bounds. Um, yeah, you know, he tore the tore his, his, his knee there against USC, and uh, that ultimately ended his season. But uh, a, a kid who just is, is a special player, um, you know, he, he can play the tight end. Um, you know, I think that's virtual tight end eraser in coverage. Has the size to press the tight ends at the line of scrimmage, the fluidity in his hips to turn and run, stride for stride. Tight ends make, make it inside position. But he's able to quickly recover, use that length to make a play on the football. Eight interceptions, 16 pass breakups in his career as well. Physical gifts, absolutely the intangibles, ability to put himself in the right position to make a play, leadership skills. You know, look, at one point I had him coming off the board. um, Number three to Houston, number four to the Jets. I even had him going number six overall, or I'm sorry, seven overall to the Giants. Ultimately, I think his home is going to be with, with Washington there at number 11. And here's why. 
you know, I think you pair him with, with Cameron Curl, get a really solid safety duo there. You can move Bobby McCain there into the slot. And again, I mentioned earlier, this defense gave up the most passing touchdowns and the fourth most passing yards a season ago. So they need to address the secondary in a big way. And uh, you know, so I'm looking at Kyle Hamilton to Washington, number 11 overall. But I think the safety position isn't going to be done. I think you're going to see two, possibly three safeties total in round number one. Uh, 27 overall, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Lewis Seen. 6'2", 199 pounds, the junior out of Georgia. This is a guy who I think, you know, he loves to fly around and make plays on the football, right? You know, the range on the back end of the defense. Um, I think he'd be a pure safety for the Bucks. Mike Evans is in the final year of his rookie deal. You brought in Keanu Neal, who can also play that linebacker position. You brought in Logan Ryan, who can also play the corner. So you have some of that versatility there. But who's going to be that true safety that you're going to ultimately pair with, with Antoine Winfield? I think Lewis Singh can absolutely be that guy. Uh, aggressive coming downhill, runs the alley very well, shows up with bad intentions, good speed on tape, confirmed by the 43740 at the combine, allows him to cover a lot of ground over the top. Good job getting to the receiver over the top to catch the ball at the attack point, or I'm sorry, at the catch point. Delivers a blow uh, to force the football free as well. Aggressiveness. Get, it can be a little much. It'll, it'll get him in, into trouble as well. I think the most famous hit that I can think of was the hit against Kyle Pitts uh, in, in 2020 uh, that ultimately got a targeting call, knocked Kyle Pitts out of the game as well. But this is a dude, you know, you allow Todd Bull some flexibility on the back end of their defense. You pair Seen up with, with Winfield Jr. You allowed, uh, you know, Ryan and Neal to, to use them in a multitude of ways there on, on the back end as well. And uh, I think Tampa, you know, they have the luxury of, of really being able to take the, the best man available. And I think Lewisine could potentially be that guy. Um, number three on my list is going to be, be Daxon Hill. Is he going to go off the board in round number one? I've debated whether or not to put him in round one. And here's really the conversation that I've been having with myself. It, it's whether or not the Lions want to target a, uh, a quarterback in round one. Ultimately, I think the Lions will take a quarterback because of the fact that, hey, they're going to have the benefit of having that fifth year. So Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, one of those guys I think will get drafted there, number 32 overall. Uh, Daxon Hill ultimately could come off the board to, to Casey, as I mentioned earlier, but uh, I've got him coming off the board, number 34 overall, uh, which is the second pick in round number two. Uh, and when you look at the Lions, you know, they're they're, they're going to need a, a safety first and foremost to pair with, with Tracy Walker. But what you love about Daxon Hill is he's that versatile chess piece because of his explosiveness on the back end and the cover skills, both on the outside and in the slot. Right, a 4-3-9-40 at the combine, checks the box for the speed, uses that, that you know, that to cover a lot of ground as that safety, can also turn and runs with, with receivers in the slot, shows anticipation to be able to undercut routes, make plays on the football, no wasted movement to his game either. So I, I like Daxon Hill. Uh, could he come off the board in round one? I think there's a chance that he that he can. Ultimately, I think he ends up falling to round number two, and the Lions will gobble him up there at number 34 overall. One pick ahead of him at number 33, I think Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State is going to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really do. Uh, when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're on the back end of their defense. 
um, you know, Andrew Wingard, you know, Rayshon Jenkins. I think you can take Jaquan Brisker, another tremendous athlete on the back end, and pair him up with Jenkins, and you've instantly upgraded that the back end of the defense. You know, obviously, I know they, they brought in uh, Darius Williams. You've got Tyson Campbell, Shaquille Griffin. This makes a lot of sense there for uh, for, for Jacksonville. And uh, what you have with Jaquan Brisker is a dude who's an absolute playmaker, a guy that is going to come downhill against the run. He's going to look to blow you up. You know, made a lot of big plays there for Penn State, you know, down the stretch. You know, a guy that's going to uh, drive on the football from the back end, uh, no wasted movement, look to make a play on the football. Um, just a, a heady player, very intelligent, instinctive guy. Uh, look, you know, 151 tackles in just three seasons with the Nittany Lions, 10 tackles for loss, five interceptions, 14 pass breakups as well. Um, another versatile chess, chess piece, a guy that you can play around the line of scrimmage if you want to, but he also has the instincts to play on the back end and, and be a guy that can lurk. Sideline to sideline ability, be able to come downhill. Uh, 4-4-9-40 at the combine. Uh, you know, a guy who also posted a, a 34 and a half inch vertical leap. 407 short shuttle. Uh, I, I just, he's a big, you know, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, even threw up 225, 22 times at, at the combine. Really a strong, strong player as well. Um, so you like to have that on the back end of your defense, a guy that's just really going to come up and, and, and play with some of that those bad intentions. Um, so I, I really like that for the Jaguars there at the top of round number two. Philadelphia Eagles at 51 overall. I think they're going to target a safety as well. I've had Jalen Petrie potentially going to Minnesota at 46. I decided to go corner there. Jalen Petrie, Eagles are going to gobble him up there. 5'11", 198 pounds, out of Baylor. And uh, first off, when we talk about Philly and the need, they've got Anthony Harris on the back end. Uh, you know, No Rodney McLeod. Uh, I think they need to shore up the safety position a little bit. What you have in Jalen Petrie is, is a dude, he, he's undersized at 5'11", but I swear he plays a lot like Tyron Matthew because he plays with his hair on fire. He's going to look to come up and hit you. Um, a guy who flies around, plays with reckless abandon, is a guy that's going to shoot into the backfield. Sometimes he, he shoots in so out of control that all, you'll, all he'll get is an arm on somebody. So he needs to dial that back a little bit and play, with, play a little bit smarter at times. But look, dude does make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Let's, let's not you know, get that... That, that incorrect you know this is a guy who started his career kind of as that hybrid linebacker really moved to that safety position in 2020 just under 200 tackles in his career but here's what you love 36 tackles for loss eight sacks and yes i said that he was playing that hybrid linebacker position but six of those sacks and 29 and a half of those tackles for loss were from the safety position so this is a dude that knows how to play coming downhill uh whether it's off the edge shooting gaps he can get in there and be disruptive uh, against the quarterback. All four of his interceptions and, and all but one of his, his his ten pass breakups, along with all four of those forced fumbles at the safety position. Dude who's an absolute monster flying around to the football. I, I think he'd be a great pick there for Philly um, at number 51 overall. Uh, a dude who just is going to make a ton of plays. I, I just think the, rec the recklessness needs to tone that down a little bit i think that's why i ultimately don't have him coming off the board in round one but i think he definitely has a has the potential to be a steal in round number two moving on to round three and uh the jets 
sitting there number 69 overall. I think the Jets are going to need to target a safety as well. Um, when you look at the Jets, you look at the back end of that defense, um, you know, they brought in Jordan Whitehead. You've got uh, Ashton Davis. LaMarcus Joyner is still there. But I, I think getting some youth to the, to the back end uh, of that, that, that unit. Um, and I'm looking at, at Nick Cross, six foot, 212 pounds. Another dude who's going to look to be physical with you, the guy that's going to come up and, and hit you in the mouth, and uh, you know ran a 4-3-4-40 there at the combine, 37-inch vertical leap, uh, three tackles for loss, three sacks, three interceptions. I mean the number three, good lord. Uh, two pass breakups, a couple of forced fumbles. A dude that's going to play in the box has the ability and the ball skills to play on the back end as well. Um, I, I like him with the Jets. I think you pair him up. Um, with Jordan Whitehead and Ashton Davis, you really have a good group there. You know, might be able to allow them to move on from Marcus Joyner potentially there on the back end, get a little bit younger with that secondary. Uh, moving on from Cross, another guy who's I think a versatile chess piece is uh, Brian Cook out of Cincinnati, six foot two oh three. I've got him going to Atlanta, number 82 overall. But what I love about Brian Cook is a guy who has has tremendous range over the top. I think here's another guy who isn't afraid to come downhill. I think he's a guy that drives really well on the football, um, a guy that has, has some decent coverability as well. Uh, but look, he was a tackling machine there for Cincinnati. 96 tackles, five of them going for loss, had a sack, couple of picks, nine pass breakups. Again, versatile chess piece. And I'm looking at Atlanta, and uh, when, when I talk about the Falcons there, um, what I'm looking at really, Eric Harris brought back uh, Dean Marlowe, though. That, that's really the question mark there. Uh, they, they brought him in, possibly you know, starting there at safety. Richie Grant has that versatility to be a corner or a safety. He's in the mix there, Jalen Hawkins. But I think adding another guy to the secondary, another piece that, that, that can be physical, that can fly around, that you can play him at the line of scrimmage, you can play him on the back end if you want. I like Brian Cook. Um, I also had him going to Pittsburgh at one point as well. I think he'd be a great fit uh, with the Steelers on the back end as well. Ultimately have them taking Leon O'Neal because Brian Cook was off the board. Six foot 204 out of Texas A&M, a veteran player there for the Aggies. And when you're looking at Pittsburgh, Obviously, you know you wonder about what's going on with uh, you know, with Terrell Edmonds um, and his future there with with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get another safety in there to ultimately compete for for a spot, and we, we could be looking at uh, Terrell Edmonds ultimately leaving the, the Pittsburgh Steelers at some point. So you have to be prepared for for that to potentially happen. Um, so Leon O'Neill, like I said physical presence there on the back end of the defense a guy that i think does a lot of different things uh, aggies asked him to play around the line of scrimmage asked him to play on the back end asked him to, to cover a little bit and i thought he did a lot of those things really well takes pretty good angles to the football as well from the back end so you know leon o'neill I, I thought at one point i had him going to san francisco ultimately i have him creeping up on the draft board there to number 84 overall to the pittsburgh steelers um, so I, I think that makes some sense as well um, those are the only three safeties that i have coming off the board in round number three um, moving on to round number four and when we look at, at the fourth round of the draft uh, again we're starting kicking off day three so you're really going to be looking for some of those value picks and a guy that really set the world on fire at the senior bowl was kirby joseph 
out of Illinois. 6'1", 203, a guy who showed off some ball skills, a guy that was able to drive on the football, make some plays, um, had a couple of diving interceptions, you know, um, actually played receiver there for uh, the Fighting Illini in 2020, uh, moved back to, to defensive back, uh, five interceptions this past season. So again, ball skills, something that definitely jumps off to you. And uh, Houston, they do have a problem in their secondary. I mentioned that they need help at the cornerback position and why they might take Ahmad Gardner in round number one. They may also take Kyle Hamilton in round one, whether it's at number three or potentially at number 13 if he falls, because you've got Eric Murray, uh, MJ Stewart was brought in from uh, from the Browns, but Justin Reed is gone. You know, I, I think they need playmakers desperately on the back end of, of their defense. And so when I look at, at safety, I think you know, beginning of round number three, you get a ball hawk like Kirby Joseph. Um, you know, I, I really like that pick. Baltimore at 128 overall. I'm looking at Barone McKinley the third out of Oregon, uh, 5'10", 198 pounds. I think what you see with him, he's a bit of an undersized safety, if you will, but a guy who definitely has a nose for the football, uh, you know, flies around on the back end, 11 interceptions, 10 pass breakups in his career, including six this past season. Uh, and when I say that, both six interceptions and six pass breakups, uh, but I'm looking at the Baltimore Ravens, and when you talk Ravens, yes, they brought in uh, Marcus Williams there on the back end. You got you know Chuck Clark and Geno Stone. What you need is a guy that, that can patrol the back end and, and make plays on the football, and I think Jerome McKinley is one of those guys that uh, we can expect to, to be that type of ball hawk. Uh, JT Woods coming off the board one pick later, 129 overall. Uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, 6'2", 195 pounds, stays in state. And look, this was a guy, Baylor down the stretch, got a lot of really good play out of a lot of guys, especially on the back end of their defense, and JT Woods was no exception. A guy who had five interceptions this past season, three of those coming on the last two games of the season, both wins, first in the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma State, had a big interception there. Uh, and, and then against Mississippi, had two picks in the bowl game. Um, a, a guy who I think really has picked up his game over the last couple of years. And uh, eight interceptions um, all in the last two seasons. Have five, as I said, this past season. And then what did he do at the Combine? Really followed that up with a 4 3 6 40, 39.5-inch vertical leap. Showed off some explosiveness that you'd like to see, especially for a guy who's 6'2". I think that there's a chance that JT Woods could come off the board even earlier than round number four, but I think round four feels like the right value. And I'm looking at Dallas because, you know, frankly, Dallas needs safeties. DeMonte Casey, not on the roster, but you did bring back Jaron Curse. You've got Donovan Wilson there, Malik Hooker, Israel Mukuamu. But again, you're looking for playmakers on the back end of your defense, and I think that, that JT Woods will be able to bring an element that I think is kind of missing right now on the back end there for the Dallas Cowboys. So moving on from him, Tyson Anderson out of Toledo. I think people are kind of all over the board with this guy, a guy that they're talking about later on in day, uh, day number three. Uh, I like him actually at 135 overall to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's 6'2", 
201. And uh, look, he shows up at the combine with that size, runs a 4.3640, 35.5-inch vertical leap. Um, a guy who has 16 pass breakups, so you know you're going to get ball skills from him. I think a guy that covers a lot of ground. Um, you like that size. Not sure about the coverability for him, but uh, definitely a guy that I think would be good value for Kansas City. And look, you know, Kansas City, they do have Juan Thornhill, and they do have uh, Justin Reed, who they brought in. But look, Daniel Sorensen's not there. Tyron Matthews not there. So obviously they need to target uh, a safety at some point in the draft. And look, you know, free agency, uh, the Chiefs were able to uh, bring in Deion Bush, but I don't think that stops them from taking a, a corner, at, like I said, uh, safety. I could see them taking the safety in round one, as I said. Dax, Daxton Hill really feels like a guy that I think could gain some momentum there uh, for KC. But I think at the end of the day, they can be patient, get a guy on, on the back end there on uh, on day number three and a guy with size like, like Tyson Anderson who's able to run as, as well as he is uh, you know that's something to really keep an eye on there on day number three moving to round number five and uh, you know I've got another four safeties targeted I'm looking at Percy Butler out of Louisiana to the Seattle Seahawks six foot 194 pounds um, what I really like about about Percy Butler uh, he was one, really one of the leaders there uh, for the Raging Cajuns, um, a, a guy who I thought played well on, on the back end, uh, a, a guy who wasn't afraid to, to mix it up coming downhill. That's the thing that with, with Billy Napier's defense, uh, when, when Billy was there, what was he had a lot of guys that were willing to to go, you know, just fly around and make plays. Uh, you know, number nine was one of those guys who was always going to be in the mix. Uh, you know, a guy who uh, plays well over the top. He can come downhill if you need him to. Uh, look, nine tackles for loss in his career to go along with 13 pass breakups. Did have three interceptions as well. Uh, five forced fumbles. A guy who definitely has a nose for the football. And when you're talking about Seattle, Seattle, again, needs playmakers on the back end of their defense. You've got Jamal, Andrew, uh, Jamal Adams. You've got Quandre Diggs, Marquise Blair's in there. I think this is a guy that can help solidify that unit um, when it's all said and done. Minnesota Vikings sitting there at 156. Um, I think that there's a chance, again, that they could target a safety in the first two rounds of the draft, whether it's Kyle Hamilton or Jalen Petrie, if they wait, because I have them taking Jordan Davis in round number one and a corner in round two. Then I have him short, uh, going linebacker in round three. So you run out of space for the safeties because they don't have a fourth-round pick. I've got him taking Marquise Bell out of Florida A&M, 6'2", 212 pounds, a guy who has really good size. In 2021, look, 95 tackles on the back end there, six and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, five forced fumbles. You know, a guy for, for FAMU really was, was the leader of that secondary. 4-4-140 at the combine, 36 and a half inch vertical leap. Uh, and look, you, know, you pair him up with, with uh, Harrison Smith on the back end. You know, you could potentially do that. Or this could be ultimately the replacement for uh, Harrison Smith, who's obviously starting to get up there in age a little bit, ultimately if they end up moving on from him. Um, but I'd love to see them play Harrison Smith and Marquise Bell together. Uh, I know Cameron Bynum's there on the roster as well, but I think that would really be an interesting pair um, on the back end flying around for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, next stop in round number five is 164 overall, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm looking at Dane Belton out of Iowa, 6'1", 205. 
he reminds me so much of uh, of Amani Hooker, a, a guy that the Titans actually took in round number five. And, and what's crazy, I mean, you look at the stats, you look at the the size comparison, and, and they're very similar, right? You know, a couple of guys who both played linebacker for the Hawkeyes, they ended up transitioning to the safety position. And look, Dane Belton has a lot of range. He has a, a nose for the football. Five interceptions where he really played mostly safety. Uh, you know, I know that he, he did play some linebacker in his first two seasons there with, with the Hawkeyes, but really played in all 14 games for, for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and that's where you really got to see him uh, blossom at the safety position. And if I'm the Vegas Raiders, what I'm looking for is a guy that's going to come in and compete with Jonathan Abram for that starting spot opposite uh, Trevin Merrick. Jonathan Abram is a guy, look, he's a great personality. I think we saw that on, on Hard Knocks. But a guy, look, he flies around with reckless abandon. Sometimes he's out of control. I think Dane Belton is kind of the opposite of that. This is a dude that is is very well coached, very disciplined. So I, I think he'd be a nice addition there to the Raiders. I also had him going potentially to the New England Patriots, number 170 overall. So I, I think this would be good value. Um, 172 overall. San Francisco 49ers, look, you know, I think they're still trying to get Jaquiski Tarts dropped interception out of their minds in uh, in San Francisco. I've, I've got a buddy that uh, I, I've talked to quite a bit, and I tend to bring that up whenever I can um, because I'm, I'm a Ram fan. Um, but you look at, at George Odom that, that they, they brought in. That's not necessarily going to move the needle. You've got Jimmy Ward, Talanoa Hufanga is on, on the roster as well. Um, but I, I'm looking at, at the safety position as an area of need and San Francisco potentially using a, a, a pick on a safety earlier. But I'm looking at Yusuf Corker at, out of Kentucky. You know, 6'1", 203 pounds, a guy who, you know, again, the leader of that Wildcat defense on the back end. That's one of the things that you definitely see with these guys is is they're, they're intelligent players, smart guys, cover a lot of ground. This dude, 241 tackles in his career, uh, you know, averaged at least 74 tackles in each of those seasons, six and a half tackles for loss. A guy that's going to look to come up and, and, and really make an impression, hit you in the mouth. Eight pass breakups this past season, 14 in his career, also has three interceptions. So a guy that isn't afraid to play in the box, but can also play on the back end of the defense. And I think that's something that San Francisco is, is definitely going to need. Um, you know, I think they're definitely going to need a guy that uh, you know, can hang on to those picks on the back end as well. Um, there, I said it. Uh, so then we move on to round number six of the draft. And obviously we're getting towards the end of the draft. And, and so trying to find some of those diamonds in the rough. And I'm looking at Sterling Weatherford out of Miami of Ohio. This may be one of those guys. He's 6'4", 221 pounds, and the dude is playing safety for, for the Red Hawks. You know, but he was one of those guys that I was always, anytime I tuned in, you know, obviously you're watching the Maction, right? And uh, Weatherford was a guy that I was always keeping an eye out for. Over 200 tackles in his career, 10 and a half going for loss. Four interceptions, 19 pass breakups. Really his best season. Uh, in terms of the, the ball skills and his, his range, was in 2019, uh, you know, 98 tackles on the year, 10 pass breakups, a couple of forced fumbles, a couple of fumble recoveries as well. Uh, you know, obviously we know what happened in 2020. Came back, had a solid year, but you know you're kind of left waiting for a little bit more because of his play there in 2019. But I think this is a guy that uh, I'm looking at the Patriots 
And uh, you know, because of his ability to, to play multiple positions, because I think he can play linebacker as well because of his size, um, also the ability to play on the back end. He's not afraid to play around the line of scrimmage. Uh, you got to eventually find a replacement for Devin McCourty there, right? I mean, you've got Kyle Duggar could potentially be that that guy, uh, but you bring in Sterling Weatherford and uh, allow him to be that additional linebacker around the line of scrimmage um, early on in his career and then ultimately let him be a starter. You worry about him not being just another Miles Killaroo. A big safety, lots of hype, really has just kind of turned into a special teams guy. Um, but you know, in round number six, I, I think that's really kind of worth the risk. And he, again, he looks like a Bill Belichick guy because he can wear a lot of different hats there uh, for the Pats. And sixth round, sixth, seventh round is, is where I think he'll go off the board. Uh, but I, I definitely like him as a player. Uh, number 230 overall, I've got uh, Delarion Tur Turner Yell, 5'10, 197 pounds, uh, going to the Washington Commanders. And look, with Turner Yell, there are a lot of people that are out there that think he should come off the board much higher than that. When I watched OU play, this was a guy who I thought, um, you know, he'd make, make splash, splash plays. You'd see him show up. Um, but he kind of left you wanting more. You know, I think this is a guy that, you know, would show up a little bit late. He'd make some plays, and then he'd disappear for, for big portions of the game. And that's obviously going to be concerning. Um, but definitely a guy who's a good athlete on the back end of the defense. Look, you know, ran that 4 4 7 40, um, which was definitely you know, spectacular from that standpoint. But look, 190 tackles in his career, 10 tackles for loss, four interceptions, six pass breakups. You know, a, a guy who I think could very well come off the board much sooner than, than the seventh round. But uh, a guy, look, again, you know, I watched every game that he played there at OU, and, and he's a guy that I thought up and down. Um, and I think, yes, I've got them taking Kyle Hamilton in round number one. You've got Cameron Curl there. Bobby McCain, if you're going to be moving him inside the, to the slot, get one more safety on the roster, especially, you know, Landon Collins and DeShazer Everett leaving. Um, you know, you shore that up, double it up there at the safety position. I think, uh, you know, hopefully Turner Yell can kind of stick with the roster and continue to develop. At 232 overall, Denver Broncos. Going with the legacy pick here, Quentin Lake out of UCLA, 6'1", 201 pounds. You know, obviously his father, Carnell, uh, following in, in his dad's footsteps there at UCLA. He played at, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, again, the, the Steelers have a need at the safety position, so it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to potentially see Quentin Lake uh, end up with the Steelers. But, you know, a guy on the back end who I think is just an intelligent player. Obviously, he's got a dad who who played there at that level. Uh, so having that understanding at that safety position really reserved his senior year for, I think, one of his best. That and, and kind of his sophomore year there in 2018. Uh, three interceptions, six pass breakups. You know, a guy who's a reliable tackler. Just really a heady player. And uh, if I'm the Denver Broncos, I, I think I, I'm looking to, to target him there in round number seven. You've got Justin Simmons, um, you know, Kareem Jackson. Uh, you're ultimately going to need to find a guy who could potentially replace Kareem Jackson at some point. So there's a good chance that Denver, we haven't talked about them taking a safety uh, previously. So that's why I ultimately think, hey, you're, you're going to need to target a safety at some point. Um, you know, Caden Stearns, P.J. Locke, J.R. Reed also on the roster. Um, but I, I definitely like Qu uh, Quentin Lake here and a guy who I think is going to make that roster. 
Kansas City, 233 overall. Um, you know, look, they had all these these safeties, right? They had Tyron Matthew, they had Daniel Sorensen, and they had Armani Watts. All those guys are gone. They're going to need to to address that and bring in some additional guys. I mentioned they already were taking one one safety. Why not go with another? And Bubba Bolden, Miami of uh, Florida, 6'2", 209. Um, he's just an average athlete. You know, that was one of the things that, you know, you're, he kind of leaves you wanting more out of the position. You know, he was a, a big recruit there for, for USC, ultimately entered the transfer portal, went to the hurricane. And, uh, you know, what I do love is, is the – the leadership ability there on the back end of the defense. Um, and, and look, in 2020, I thought he actually, you know, he played in 11 games there in the ACC and really, you know, 74 tackles, six and a half going for loss, have four forced fumbles, a pick, three pass breakups. And ultimately, the injury bug kind of hit him there in 2021. And, you know, I, I thought his play was, was inconsistent, kind of up and down. Um, you know, and so that's really, he kind of left left a little bit there on the table from from that perspective but look you know it showed off some some decent you know uh, ability with that 44740 but I still worry about the the tightness in his hips that that's really kind of the biggest thing for me and that's why I have him falling as far as I have him Uh, Cleveland there at at 246 overall uh, taking Wanye Thomas out of Georgia Tech look 6'1 212 pounds another dude you know he's a big safety over 200 tackles in his career there with, with the Yellow Jackets. And uh, a, a guy who, you know, four interceptions, 11 pass breakups in his career, ran just a 4.5540 at, at the combine, 34 uh, inch vertical leap. Um, so measurables that um, aren't necessarily going to get you excited, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I think he's still a, a draftable piece there. And look, with, with Wanye, I think he's solid. Uh, but not spectacular, if that makes sense. You know, you look at him and uh, eight eight tackles for loss, four interceptions, 11 pass breakups, six forced fumbles, does have a nose for the football, and a guy who I think could stick there in Cleveland. Um, and he's a guy that I think could work his way into the special teams and find his way into the rotation as well. And look, they could use a safety. You know, you've got John Johnson there. You've got Grant Delpit. Richard LeCount. We know that MJ Stewart left, so you want to definitely replace him um, in that in the back end of that defense. You know, and Ronnie Harrison's not on the roster either, so I really like this pick. You know, for Cleveland because they'll they'll get a guy who can be physical on the back end of the defense, and and a guy who I think has a chance to to ultimately make the roster. If nothing else, he can be a guy that that'll be a special teams contributor. And look at 246 overall, he's not going to carry a ton of risk. So that wraps up the secondary, and I promised that we would also address the kickers and punters because, look, they are football players as well, and don't tell Pat McAfee that they're not athletes. Just tune in and watch his performance there at WrestleMania. They're they're athletes. Come on. Um, But when you look at the draft, they're not necessarily going to be guys that are, are draftable pieces. Uh, a lot of these guys are going to end up being undrafted free agents. We've seen just nine punters drafted in the last five drafts. In fact, 2017, we saw no punters. But what was interesting was 2018, we actually saw four punters drafted. And you're talking about Michael Dixon, J.K. Scott, Johnny Townsend, Logan Cook. Um, so I, I think we actually are going to have three punters that will get drafted in this year's draft. And uh, 
Matt Ariza, Ray Guy Award winner, um, a, a dude just cannon for a leg. I mean, that's the thing that's absolutely ridiculous. 75 yards in the air, ultimately ends up with an 85-yard punt. Um, a, a kid who just, he was an absolute weapon there for the Aztecs, just kicking bombs, man. I mean, this dude just was launching things um, and stuff that you just didn't really see very often. And uh, it was also the kicker there for them. Uh, made all, all of his extra points, all 45 of them this past year. Uh, but from a field goal perspective, field goal percentage perspective, just a 73.5% kicker. So really, he, he's, he's a punter. 51.2 yards per punt average. This dude's an absolute monster. And uh, you know, when I look at, at Matt Ariza, I actually have him coming off the board in round number five. And I've got him going to the Atlanta Falcons. They've got Dom Maggio there um, as the punter penciled in, at least right now. Um, when you look at Atlanta, they had Thomas Morstead not on the roster. Matt Ariza comes in. Atlanta's looking to try to continue to change that culture there under Arthur Smith. You want to be able to flip the script and really you know, get some, some field position out of things. A guy that's being able to, to boom the football like Matt Ariza is able to do so, uh, you know, I think you're going to have a lot working for you there. But when you look at, at guys like, like Jordan Stout and, and Jack, uh, Jake Camarda, these guys actually have uh, better hang time than Matt Ariza, which is scary. I mean, these dudes can, again, they're, they're football players, man. Um, one last thing with Matt Ariza, the dude's going to come up and hit you. You know, he's a, he's a guy that, that likes to likes that physical contact and is going to go up and, and, and make a make a play on the football whenever he can. But getting to Jordan Stout, look, 46 yards per punt this, this past season. A dude that has uh, just not only a cannon for a leg, but a dude, when you're talking about hang time, that ball sits up there for what seems like forever. Um, so definitely a guy, again, that can help you from a field perspective position perspective and with Jordan Stout I've got him going to the Buffalo Bills at 185 overall so that's going to be in the sixth round so if you're scoring at home we already have one in round number five and one in round number six and uh, with Buffalo uh, their punter situation right now uh, you know Matt Hawk is is the punter there but I think you can bring a guy in to kind of challenge him a little bit so that's why I've got Jordan Stout coming off the board there in round number six and then I mentioned Jake Camarda. Uh, you know, Camarda's a guy, he was their, their kickoff guy for, for Georgia. And, um, you know, another guy who has a ton of, not only a ton of leg, but the hang time is absolutely there. So teams that are, are looking to improve field position, obviously you're looking at that punter spot. And uh, look, the Rams, Johnny Hecker was on the roster for a number of years, a, a pro bowler at, at that position. So it's really going to be weird not having Johnny Hecker, but I think he really priced himself out of being able to stay there with the Rams. Uh, right now they have Riley Dixon on the roster. I think you bring in Jake Camarda to battle with him there. Um, you know, and, and I ultimately think that Camarda is going to end up winning that job. Um, and ultimately you're going to have two kickers that, that have cannons for legs because you're looking at Matt Gay, who uh, can just really knock the heck out of the, the football. But when you talk about Jake Camarda, you want to talk about some consistency. This dude, 45.8 yards per punt average, but in each of his last three seasons there at Georgia, because he was, he was the punter there all four years, 46.8, 46.6, 46.7 yards per punt. So you're talking about 
a guy who can consistently get it done, Jake Camarda is absolutely that guy. And then we're going to go ahead and talk about the kickers. Kickers, obviously, you know, we have to talk about Evan McPherson, the only kicker drafted in 2021. And that dude was a freaking baller for Cincinnati. You want to talk about a guy who was clutch at the end of games. This guy is absolutely it. And, uh, you know, if I'm looking at this draft, you got to find a kicker who's going to be able to be clutch when, when you need him to be. And uh, I'm looking at Cameron Dicker. Dicker the kicker there for, for Texas. You know, big dude, 6'1", 220 pounds. Dallas is a team that I think is uh, going to be on the market for a kicker because, look, you know, Greg Zerline not on the roster there. So who does Dallas have currently slated to be their kicker? Chris Nagar. Um, I just I think they need a guy. They could do better there. I think there could be an upgrade at the position. And uh, with Dicker the kicker, there have been some big kicks. Uh, in Texas history and Texas lore. And, and this is a kid who, who stepped in as a true freshman for the Longhorns, uh, a guy who 75.9% uh, of his kicks in, in his career, but a dude that has a, a tremendous leg, uh, a, a guy who has been consistent for the, Tex, uh, the Texas Longhorns, stays in state, ultimately goes to the Dallas Cowboys. I've got him coming off the board in round six. He may come off the board in round seven, but... I think you know, 193 overall feels about right for Dallas there in round number six. So I've taken you through every single position for the draft. Ultimately talked about where I thought everybody was going to go. So we've really talked about all 262 picks from the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker all the way to number 262, who I now have penciled in there to the 49ers, Balen Specter out of Clemson, a guy who I think could go off the board in round six. At the end of the day, Niners could use another linebacker and a guy that could be a special teams ace. I think Bale Inspector is going to fit that, really an instinctive player. Uh, so we've gotten through all 262 picks, and we've talked about the fits for all of these players. We'll have one last podcast. That's really my goal, is to put one last podcast together on Wednesday, the 27th, leading up to the draft on the 28th. I'm recording this the, the late night uh, on the 26th, early morning 27th. I'm going to have one last podcast on the 27th about what to expect during the different days of the draft. Uh, you know, Who, again, is going to be drafted number one overall? Who's going to be the first tackle taken? Who's ultimately going to be the first receiver? Where are they going to come off the board? What about the quarterback position? Who are we going to see take a quarterback? Are we going to see teams trading up? Is Jamison Williams going to be a chief? Is he going to go to the Eagles? What about the Jets? Uh, a lot to talk about there. You know, a lot of different things to expect. So want to make sure we definitely talk about that. Going to be a shorter podcast because really we don't have anything to really analyze the players. We're really going to just be talking about what to expect from the 28th, 29th, and 30th of April it's right here. It's right on our doorstep, everyone. The NFL draft is what we've been getting ready for this entire year. And I'm super excited for it. I hope you are as well. Tune in for one last podcast, and then we'll get ready for that NFL draft on the 28th. For readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Get fired up for the draft. And until next time, I am out.